welcome to Walking Dharma Podcast, the podcast where we attempt to demystify classical spiritual teachings and apply them to modern day living. I'm your host, Kristen Coyle. Today's episode is called The Art of Receptivity, and it's about asteya or non-stealing. Asteya is the third yama or ethical abstinence in the Raja or Royal Yoga system. And non-stealing is this yogic concept that stretches way beyond like don't go steal the pack of gum from the health food store. The Yoga Sutra says, to one established in non-stealing, all wealth comes. I'll say it again. To one established in non-stealing, all wealth comes. And stealing is such an interesting thing because most of us understand that you can't take someone's car and expect to feel good about yourself or get away with it. And you can't walk into someone's house and steal the food they have on their table and expect that you're going to be seen as a good upstanding person. That all is pretty obvious. But stealing comes in in many different ways. Um, in life, in in our interactions with others. And sometimes we're doing it and we don't even realize it. For example, when I get a little bit past the surface layer of what stealing is in most of our minds, right? Like most of us have heard the Ten Commandments, thou shall not steal. And most of us are pretty firmly established in the fact that we're not going to go shoplift, right? But how many of us are firmly established in the idea of non-stealing when it comes to not taking others' ideas? One of the definitions of stealing, actually, is to dishonestly pass off another person's ideas as one's own. So it's essentially plagiarism. And again, it's pretty obvious when you're writing an essay for your college report or for your yoga course, you're not going to go on the internet Google what you're trying to write about and then copy someone else's words verbatim. But what if someone has an amazing idea about their paper and before they turn their paper in, you write about that same amazing idea that they had and are quick to turn it in first. So you receive the credit for that idea. You see, and this happens more often than we think. Stealing can come across as not stealing someone else's vibes as well. The other day, my partner received an email that he might have an opportunity to do a gig in America. And even though the chances are I'll probably go with him, I had this moment where instead of being super excited, I felt really abandoned. I said, you're going to leave me behind. And even though in my heart I knew that was stealing his excitement in that moment, I still didn't have the self-control to stop myself from saying it or acting a little bit rejected, even though the reality is I'll probably be going with him. And when I reacted in that manner, I essentially stole his excitement and turned it into a little bit of worry about, oh, what if she can't come with me? Will I still go? And, you know, I think we do this sometimes more with the ones we love than anyone is where we might take away some of their energy through our own feelings of incompetence or lack of 
fill in the blank. And to me, that's what stealing is. It's when we feel a lack of something, we then translate that in the, into the need to take something from others. It's obvious on the material level. A few months ago, I had a few things stolen off of my clothesline out in my backyard. And, you know, the only reason that would compel someone to steal something material is because they feel a lack. And this lack is very real when it comes into the realm of actually stealing something in the material realm. For example, a poor person might have to steal food from the grocery store so they can eat. And in a way, the lines get a little blurred, you know, whenever things are so unjust with the way our resources are distributed on this earth, we can't always see stealing in the material realm as wrong. This is in the context when someone is in total desperation and they have nothing to eat and they have to feed their child. Is it essentially wrong that they're taking a loaf of bread from a store that makes millions of dollars every year? If you were to look at it from the legal standpoint, yes, of course, it's wrong. But if we are to look at it from the compassionate standpoint, we might be able to harness a lot of forgiveness in our hearts for someone who might have to steal that loaf of bread to feed their starving child. Uh, but when stealing becomes questionable is when we see 1% of the world's population predominantly have all of the wealth. And they are essentially stealing from the mouths of hungry children by continually taking more and more. And without me getting into my political viewpoints, because I don't feel that that's the direction I want to take in this podcast, I just want us all to examine for ourselves where we might be taking from someone else. Not only in the energetic realm, but also in the material realm. For example, if I show up to a yoga studio to teach yoga and I fill the room and I know that class makes a certain amount of money, if I'm only given a tiny little portion of that money, my energy is essentially being stolen for the sake of the studio owners to profit. And this is something where I have to stand up for myself over and over again and not in every scenario I've been in but throughout my teaching career I have had to continually remember my worth and this is a really good way to flip it around you know think about what the opposite of stealing is the opposite of stealing is giving so if I'm giving a service I know that that service has a certain amount of worth if someone feels they can take advantage of me and I am unable to proclaim my own worth for my service, then essentially I'm allowing them to take my energy. And so the reason we want to become established is in non-stealing is so we don't fall victim to doing this to others. Because if we are continually in this mindset that we have to profit off others or take others' energy or steal others' good vibes because we don't feel good enough, then we are continually living in a lack mentality. And a lack mentality will always feel entitled. A lack mentality will always feel like the world owes us something. A lack mentality will make us try to compete with others. Why would we compete? 
we would compete because we don't feel that there's enough to go around and therefore we try to gather as much as we can and keep it for ourselves. Why? Because we don't feel that we have enough or we don't feel that there is enough abundance in the universe for us to not steal. I see this happen a lot in the yoga world. Teachers will compete for who has the most students in their class, who has the most students in their workshop. And as long as we get caught in that competitive attitude, we're going to see class numbers are small, we're going to see empty workshops, and we're going to see division between us and our colleagues. If we are willing to change that perspective and realize there is actually enough out there for everyone to be abundant, there are enough people who yoga can help that we can all have full classes. Even if four of us in this town of Hilo teach at four o'clock in the afternoon at four different studios, we can all have 30 people in our classes. 30 different people in each class. I truly believe it's about our attitude. I've seen it for myself. The minute I stop worrying about who's going where, and I just show up prepared and hopefully in a good place or not to teach my class, people walk in the door. The more I let go of clinging and my attachment to how many people show up to my class, the more I'm able to receive the gift that I get to teach yoga, amazingly, the more people walk in the door. It's a beautiful experiment. I invite you to try it sometime. Whatever your field is, whether you're in sales, selling essential oils, or you're a musician looking to get gigs at prime locations on the right nights, or a yoga teacher trying to fill your class, instead of worrying in this lack-based mentality about who's doing what and why people aren't coming to you and going there or whatever it may be, why you're not getting those gigs or why sales are down, instead of thinking that that is a personal reflection of your self-worth and feeling a sense of lack being not good enough if things aren't going your way, change your perspective. Start to ground in gratitude be gracious. I get to play music. I have the talent. I get to sell amazing healing essential oils or fill in the blank, which helps people. I get to teach yoga. I have a voice. I have the confidence to stand up in a room full of people and share the teachings and my heart. And the more you ground in that gratitude, the more open you become to receiving what is there for you. We all have abundance knocking on our doorstep every single moment. This is the nature of the universe. Nature emulates this perfectly, actually. I looked out in my yard this morning, and there's like 50 birds in the yard eating the rice that was laid out in the yard for them. Cooked rice, by the way. And there were all kinds of different birds and none of the birds were attacking each other. You know, the red bird wasn't attacking the black bird and the black bird wasn't attacking the yellow bird. They were all just there pecking at the rice enjoyably together without knocking into one another or trying to steal each other's rice. 
And I feel like nature understands this concept really well, that there's always enough. And even though animals have a competitive nature, they compete for food at times or compete for a mate, it's not taken personally when something doesn't happen. But us humans, we have a more complex brain. And whenever we don't receive something, we tend to think it's a reflection of our own self-worth. And we begin to go into the cycle of feeling like there's something we are missing that other people have. And we feel that because we lack whatever we think we're missing, that's why we are not reaching abundance or finding a partner who truly loves us or fill in the blank. We could go a million different directions this way, why we don't feel beautiful, why we don't receive love when we were children, whatever it may be. But I believe that the basis of stealing on the energetic frequency, so again, not about material stealing because sometimes we can all have compassion and understand that it might be necessary for someone to survive. But in the realm of energetic stealing, especially for those who are not stuck in a place where they don't have anything to eat. And it's amazing how whenever we feel a sense of lack, even if there is abundance, even if I could go in my backyard and pick an avocado, a mango, and an orange right now, I might still get caught in the belief that there's a lack of food, right? And that's just a metaphor, you know, going back to the realm of teaching yoga, even if I know that there are 40,000 people in this town and that there are more than enough people to fill my yoga class, if I get caught in the fact that my colleague has 40 people in her class and I only have 15, then I get caught in comparison. And comparison is another way to get stuck in lack mentality. Comparison is where we continually hold ourselves to the standards of others in an attempt to look better than someone else, or at least be equal. But the truth is, we're all always equal to one another. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have, or how much beauty you have or think you don't have, or if you have the love of your life, or maybe you are just single. We're all equal to one another. And if we can really get into the gratitude mentality, we can begin to see that all of our life paths are equal as well. Even if someone meets with success 10 years before you do and you are in the same field, it is no reflection of the quality of what you're doing sometimes. Not all the time, okay? But a lot of the time. Because we all have our own path and our paths unfold at our own perfect timing. To believe anything other than that is to get caught in doubt. And doubt is another way that we steal our own strength. So not only can we steal from others, but we also have the capability to steal our own energy through self-negating thoughts, doubt, and a heavy feeding of the inner critic. So there's two ways we can be, in my point of view. One is we can constantly take. And the other is that we can open ourselves to receiving. Examine these two statements. 
I'm going to take what I deserve because it's mine. Or, in regards to the same scenario, I am opening myself to receiving the abundance the universe has in store for me. Which one feels better to you? If you sit with those two statements, what feels more loving? What feels a little bit more based in compassion? It's pretty obvious, right? The second statement. I am opening myself to receiving the gifts the universe has in store for me. I am open to receiving the gifts and abundance the universe has in store for me. Say it again. Say it out loud. I am open to receiving the abundance the universe has in store for me. And feel what that feels like in your energy field. For me, I just felt like my whole room got a little bit bigger. I felt a little bit of a softening in my upper body. And no joke, literally, just from saying that a few times, I felt a literal shift in my field. But how many of us constantly are scratching at the walls, trying to take what we think we are owed by the universe? The more we take, the less we have. Because if we get in a habit of stealing from others, then eventually we start to steal from ourselves as well. I try to remind myself of this when I encounter someone who is openly or not so openly competing for me. Actually, last week I had someone um, somewhere try to threaten my job. And it was a co-worker. And of course, no names being named. For those of you who know me, please don't ask me when I see you. And I love this co-worker. I have always felt a kindred spirit with her. But I did something to upset her. I ran my class late one day. And she had about seven minutes in the time change between my class and her class. And I apologized and I continued to help her sign in. She was obviously very upset with me. And later I found out that she emailed my boss. And essentially the email didn't say very nice things about me. And at first I was really pissed. I was feeling really betrayed and abandoned. And then I started to look a little deeper and I realized that she must have some envy. Although my class ran late and I was stealing her time, so I was stealing as well by running my class late. I did my best to correct course with her as soon as I was able to in that moment. And I was aware of the email and it definitely made me take 10 steps back from how open I had been with this person. And amazingly, two weeks later, a similar scenario happened. And this time I decided it wasn't right because she came in and was verbally upset with me and the students saw it and a few students started feeling really sad. A few students apologized for being late to me because they could see that I was being given a hard time from this colleague who I love very much. 
And I told the students, don't let that steal your vibe at all. And that's exactly what I meant, because it's amazing how sometimes our anger with someone else not only takes the energy away from that person that we're dealing with, but it also can suck the energy from the whole room. And this is the last thing on earth I think my colleague really wanted to do. I don't think that that was her aim, but she was running on a program of lack, feeling lack of time feeling a lack of inner peace with her own ability to teach. This is something I know. As long as I'm feeling in a good place in my mind, even if I have less than a minute of time change between the class before me and mine, I show up, take the seat, turn the channeling switch on, and the teachings pour out. And they pour out sometimes even better because I know for me, I work well under pressure. But not everyone does. And so in this scenario between she and I, we are mirroring, stealing for one another. I'm stealing her time by running my class late because most of my coworkers and I have a good agreement. But this one person who's been coming in, we don't have that agreement. It's up to me to honor her time. And on her end of the deal, it's up to her to honor my humanness. It's up to her to say, thank you for apologizing for running late. I appreciate your compassion and maybe we can do better next time. You know, but but that's my own projection. It's me projecting onto her that she owes me something. You see, it's a really deep rabbit hole, this stealing thing. No one owes us anything. We don't even owe it to ourselves. I think the word owe, you owe me, implies guilt. Because of your presence, you have to do this. Otherwise, I'm going to hold a grudge. And it's up to all of us to collectively be willing to drop the feeling that someone owes us something. Why would we steal? Why would we steal material items, energy, or love, or try to actually compete with others and take their client base? It's because we don't feel like we have enough. And the opposite of lack is abundance. And abundance starts with our attitude. Even if we are struggling financially, if every morning we wake up and are willing to see all of the abundance that is available to us and in our life in that moment, even if it's just the fact that we have air to breathe and a roof over our head, we can ground in that abundance then that abundance starts to become magnified because that's what we are projecting if we project abundance we are going to see abundance if we project lack we are going to see lack so rather than trying to one up and compete with others especially those of us in the yoga community how about let's elevate everyone we're around through sharing our gifts and through acknowledging and maybe even honoring the fact that other people are gifted in the same field that we are gifted in. That's a pitfall I think a lot of people fall into. They want to think that they need to be special and that they need to be better than everyone else to be successful. And some people would argue with me here and say, yes, that's true. But I'm here to say we're all special and in our own way, 
every single one of us is better. Better than what? Better than fighting with one another. We are better than needing to take from someone else. And we are better than needing to demean ourselves when we are not instantly met with outward approval. Yes, we are all better than that. We are all deserving. Can we all as a collective be willing to acknowledge this? We are all amazingly gifted. Can we all as a collective be willing to acknowledge this? We all deserve 30 people in our yoga class, lots of gigs if you're a musician or a DJ, amazing sales, acknowledgement from ourself at least. We all deserve this. We are all worthy. And the more each of us can attune our attitude to this abundant way of thinking, the more friends we're going to have, first of all. But the more we're going to be able to light people up. You know, someone who thinks everyone is amazing, when they walk in the room, just their presence has the whole room feeling amazing. And the people who are jealous of that person, if that person who believes everyone amazing shares their love with those people who are jealous enough and in a genuine way, eventually the jealousy drops and friendship forms. I've seen this happen to me a few times lately with people who have been um, outwardly attracted to my partner. Instead of me getting irritated or even jealous, even though there's no real grounding in that, I've been really friendly to them and I've struck conversation. And now those people are nice to me and more than nice to me, they're really cool with me. And they talk to me and they smile at me. And this is a long way from where I had gotten when I was irritated and jealous that they weren't acknowledging my presence in his life. And even though my partner made no outward energy to create that feeling in me, jealousy has been there with me for a long time. So it's not hard for it to get stirred up. And, you know, I think jealousy and envy essentially is stealing. Because I feel like I own my partner, Sorry, babe. Even though I know I don't, there's still that territorial energy. It's kind of like human nature. It's kind of like our lower, not lower, it's our animal nature in a way to want to have our territory so we feel safe. But because I feel like I own my partner, I get envious or jealous if someone else gives him positive attention in the sexual form. Meaning even a woman who I know has been in love with him you know even though she's never been with him just whenever she sees him and i see her eyes look that way that can trigger me and if i continue to allow that to trigger me i actually push him away and that's the interesting thing about taking the more we think we own and the more we want to take so for example i want to take all of his attention the less we have whereas if i don't cling to his attention but i stay open-hearted and loving the more attention I receive from him. It's really a paradox. The less we take, the more we receive. An attitude of receptivity is an attitude of graciousness. The ability to be grateful for every small blessing. For example, when a woman looks at my partner in a way with 
admiration and attraction. Instead of me trying to buffer that and get in the way, I can happily receive that, wow, my partner is very beautiful. Look, other people can admire him too. And this transmutes the whole situation. So I'm no longer being possessive. And the less I possess him, the more he's right there with me. And this just isn't with relationship. This is with everything, with students too. The more I encourage my students to go and study with other teachers and other types of yoga, the more open they are with me to share their experiences. And normally, the more they are with me in practice. And suddenly, they're going to trainings with me and workshops and retreats. You know, the more we open our hearts to welcoming everyone in, and even those who aren't good for us or good to us, we don't have to have them in our life, but we can still hold a soft spot for those people in our hearts. The more graciousness we can have towards every experience with others. In my opinion, the more we take from others, the more destruction we see of our relationships, our reputation, and eventually our own dreams dissolve in the illusion of separation. The illusion of separation is to think that someone has something that you don't. Everything that we see in life is a possibility for us to, if we are willing to do the work towards it. You know, I like this saying, what have you done today to work towards your dreams? And the idea is that every single day you do one thing or more to work towards your dreams, whatever they may be. And the more you are willing to just do the work towards your own dreams, the less you stop trying to take from others. Because if we're doing the work, we're going to see the results. Even if you have to work for many more years than someone else, eventually, if you do the work, it's going to come to you. And whenever we see someone who seems well-established in what they're doing and successful and admired and um, validated, we have to realize that they've done the work for that. And if they haven't done the work for that and they've gotten there by taking from others and riding on others' backs, we have to trust that that will take care of itself. We are not the judges of others. And if we think we've taken that role to dole out justice and judge everyone, then we are stuck in that illusion of separation that something is better than another thing. All things are equal. When we begin to understand that we're all on a level playing field, even if we've grown up in extreme poverty, you might have to work harder for your dreams if you've grown up in extreme poverty or endured extreme abuse. And in that way, the playing field might not be level. You know, I don't want to upset anyone by saying the playing field is level when if you've endured incredible hardship. I feel that for people like that, they have a lot more work they have to do in many ways than someone who's grown up incredibly privileged. Also, though, I know that the more we have to work towards our dreams and our goals, the more we appreciate them when they come our way. And the more we become a mentor and a guide for others who are struggling. And I feel like that's what the world needs now. It doesn't need a bunch of entitled people who became successful because 
their money paid for it. It needs people who have worked hard, who have done the work physically in the material realm, emotionally in their own realm of healing, and spiritually in trusting and just keep buckling down and trusting that your path is guiding you where you need to be. And trusting that there's no such thing as being off path, no matter how deep we've slid into darkness, we can always acknowledge that that is part of our path and that is part of our higher learning. And the more graciousness we can cultivate towards life's challenges, whether we've had very few or a lot, the more we align ourselves with non-stealing. Instead of feeling that we are a victim, which essentially steals our own power, we can choose to let our painful experiences become our source of motivation. Right? So it's always a choice of attitude. You know, even those who are in the deepest darkness, sex workers, people who are in impoverished countries and can't see their way out, people who have endured unimaginable hardship, if they have the strength to shift their attitude towards seeing the abundance, even if there's no food to eat, to say, wow, the sky is blue today. You know, that's a footstep in the door of moving towards non-stealing, to say, wow, what, am, what is here for me? Instead of looking at what's not there, let me look at what is here for me right now. And when we're willing to do that, our hearts start to open towards what truly is. And that's where that saying, and it's kind of a cliche now, but I really love it. I have gratitude for everything that is and gratitude for everything that isn't as well. Because the more we adapt this idea that there's always something to be grateful for, in turn, the more we project gratitude, the more we see things to be grateful for. And eventually that turns into abundance on every level. So rather than taking from others to create our own abundance, realize abundance is self-generating. There's no need to steal when you already have innately everything you need to create all you need in this life. As humans, we have this amazing ability to make something out of nothing through our own creative force. So instead of envying, copying, and demeaning others, let us admire, emulate, and respect others and ourselves. And through that, we'll see that everything comes to us. The Yoga Sutra says, once again, to one established in non-stealing, all wealth comes. Don't chase it or take it. Create it. We can say to ourselves every morning when we wake up, I am a powerful creator. We say it three times. I am a powerful creator. I am a powerful creator. And even if we don't believe it, if we just continue to say it like a mantra, suddenly that's what we create. Because we create our own attitude. You know, life is a burden or not by the attitude we choose to carry. So I ask you, my friends, what attitude are we carrying? Entitlement? The world owes me? 
and therefore we always see things evaporate and disappear? Or gratitude, receiving what life has in store for us because we believe that we and everyone else on this earth is worthy of receiving every bit of abundance that is there. And here's the thing about abundance. There's no limit on how much of it there is in the universe. It is unlimited. And so are you. You are unlimited. Whatever you want to call in in this life, call it in in a way that is self-generating. The more we can truly accept and recognize our unlimited ability to create abundance, to share that abundance with others, the more we are able to receive, especially if we are willing to share. The more we share, the more strength we have because our heart is open. And there's no greater strength than to have an open heart a positive attitude, and a generous spirit. Open heart, positive attitude, generous spirit. That is the way. Trust it. Thank you so much for listening to Walking Dharma Podcast. Aloha.
because in a very short time, one year, two years, three years, you may reach your enlightenment.